Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm so excited because I have a very special guest. And let me just tell you a little bit about him. Edward Jones served as a resident counselor, an area coordinator, associate director, director and associate vice president in university settings, commercial underwriter and credit union vice chair in corporate settings and has held numerous leadership positions in the community and organizations. He has gained a wealth of experience, knowledge, and wisdom through his trials and triumphs. He is passionate about helping others have the best chance for, for uh, their best outcome. He is here today to explain the art and science of life coaching and how coaching helps others. His topic today Find the answers within. I'm so pleased to have him on the show. I want to welcome you again. This is Lawana Parker, and I am the host of Courage to Live Your Dream and also the executive director for this show. We're pleased to have you be a part of us. And Ed, thank you so much for coming on our show today. I'm excited about you being here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. Well, listen, Ed, before we get into questioning, just tell the people a little bit about who Ed really is. Okay. Well, I, as, as my uh, introduction said, I started out uh, working in uh, university settings, did some work in corporate America, and I've done a lot of work with nonprofits. I, my, my interest in life coaching uh, came as a result of the way that I worked with many of my staff over the years. I, instead of uh, telling them what to do, I helped them find the answers to their own problems. Sometimes I would look at a situation and usually there are always options that one can consider. I'd always ask people to look at the upside and the downside of each option and many times the decisions would write themselves. So after I retired, a number of my former staff would call me about issues they were having at their current jobs. Uh, they called me because they said uh, the way I work well, made them think and work through it a lot. Well, you actually answered my first question about how you guys started in this business. Thank you. That's one list I have to ask, <laughs> ask from you. So um, you said your, your, your topic today is to find the answers within. Um, what exactly does that mean for those who may not fully understand what it means to recognize uh, where they can find their uh, answers, the knowledge and whatnot? Tell us how you go about helping people find the answers within. Well, part of that was what I was saying before with working with staff. It would be easy for me to tell them what to do and then they'd have the answer. And sometimes there are tough decisions that people have to make. They don't want to make them, so they want someone else to take responsibility for them. But when they think through the decisions, and once they make the decision and know they can sleep with it, they know they made the right one, and it makes them stronger for the next situation. So the many times the answers that you have are always inside of them. And my, my thought is to bring it out through questioning. Ah. Uh. That is interesting because many times we we find ourselves wondering, well, who am I? What can I do? 
what skills do I have to share? I'm just a nobody. I, I haven't done anything exciting. Who would care what I have to say? But based on what you're saying here is that by questioning people, uh, you're able to get them to find uh, the answers to those questions within themselves. Um, how do you be, help to build the confidence, though? Because sometimes, even when you find the answers, ooh, fear and confidence can can be a, uh, probably your worst enemies. They they can be. It's it's always interesting, and I always laugh about this in our family because everybody always tells someone else what they need to do. So they're always looking at someone else's situation and they've got the perfect answer for someone else. It's so much easier to look across the fence and tell other people what to do. It's so much harder to look inside and to face yourself. Because many times there are things that you know you need to do. Your head tells you you, ha you need to do that and you know the right thing to do. But for some reason, it's either your heart fear or whatever it might be, keeps you from doing something you know you need to do. So if you were to turn it around and pretend that you are giving yourself advice, because it's so much easier to give other people advice. It's always good to look at the neighbor's house and see what they're doing right or wrong, but you never look within your, your, your own house. So I'm asking people to look within their own house, to face themselves. It takes courage to do that. And once you stand up to yourself, it's easier to make those decisions. How do you help them to have that courage to overcome that fear? Because I'm telling you that it's like tentacles uh, that grab onto your skin and, and the more you try to pull away from them, the, the more difficult it's sometimes seen. And I'm I'm asking this question because I've gone through this myself and still sometimes go through the very same thing when uh, I want to tackle something new and different. And boy, it's a battle. How do you help someone who hasn't um, made that first attempt yet to, to just pull those, those tackles or whatever I'm trying to say, tentacles out so that they can achieve the things or at least step out there and make the small steps? Well, I think the most important thing is to, first of all, you've got to get to know yourself and know what you want. Because there's always a gap in people's lives, the place where they are today and the place where they want to go. And when you sit and you look down the road and say, I want to be here, and then you look at where you are, and many times there are things that you have to do along the way to get there. For example, if you want to travel from Chicago to Los Angeles, when you get to Los Angeles, when you're leaving, it's so exciting. But when you got to go across all those hills, the mountains, and that long, long drive, you're saying, I don't want to do that. I want to be in LA, but I don't want to make that trip. There's no way to get there without making that trip. And so when you want that, what you desire the most is greater than any fear or obstacle you have, then you will be able to find your way to get there. It's an old parable that one, uh, that I actually told at a, at a meeting. There was a situation where a young man wanted, wanted success. He went to one person and he asked, what is the secret of success? 
And the person said, well, I did this and I did this, but maybe you can ask the guy over here. He's been around longer than I have. Ask him what the secret of success is. So the young man went to the man. The man told him to look in a pool of water. And as he got closer and closer, he pushed his head down into the water. The man struggled and fought and struggled and fought and finally raised himself out of that water. And uh, the man looked at him and said, why did you do that to you? What's wrong with you? And he said, when you want success as badly as you wanted that last breath of air, then you will have found the secret. And that means that you sometimes have to fight and struggle because you know what you want. Sometimes it is a struggle. Whatever fear is there, when you want that success more than you are bothered by that fear, you'll be able to do it. But you first have to know what you want. Because if you don't know where you want, any, any road will get you there. But if you know what you want and there's a struggle, then what I can do is talk you through that, have you have that conversation with yourself and, um, and be able to work through that. And I know you probably have another question, but I will tell you a story about one of my staff who had a conversation by herself to work through something. Oh, share it with us. Well, what had happened was I had unfortunately had a, a bout with, with cancer back in the 90s. And whenever I'd work with my staff, I'd always they'd have tough decisions. I wanted to empower them to make decisions. I didn't want them to always come to me. So I would work through the decision with them. That what I mentioned in the beginning about that every solution, ha every solution has an associated problem with it. There's never perfect information. There's never a perfect solution. But you have to evaluate the up and down side of each option. And when you look at the one with the most upside and the least downside, then you know you've made the right one. Well, I would work through that conversation with her. And she said, I can't talk to him right now. But I know he would say this. He'd ask me what the upside was. He'd ask me what the downside was. Then I'd have to think about it. And he'd ask, once you make that decision, can you sleep at night? She said, I went through that process without him and was able to work through it. She said, it was always easier for me whenever I'd go to Edward and he'd tell me, give me the direction. I could always say that Ed and I did it. This time I had to stand alone and say that I made this decision. It was tough. But it was actually refreshing when I knew that I had the power within me to make that decision. That was a process of working through her demons and able to get to what she really, really wanted, but was afraid to do. I think most people need someone like you that can help them uh, work that process so that they learn how to do it on their, on their own. Uh, Gosh, I, I wish I had known someone like you. Well, I did know a lady uh, several years ago, she has since passed away, who first started me to thinking and that I could do some things on my own. And I'm so appreciative of her because she did push me. But I wish I had had someone who actually talked to me about the process that you're talking about so that I could find within myself anytime I needed to do something without having to look to someone else. Um, it's nice to have people support you, but it really should be, as you just put it so eloquently, to 
find the necessary strength within yourself to do what, what it is that you want. So uh, listen, I know you stay really, really busy. And I was just wondering, uh, when you're busy like that, or do you find, uh, what, do you make time for yourself? Because while you're helping all these people, which is great, but sometimes it can become overwhelming. And I just wonder, how do you handle that? Well, what I do is, one thing that has really become a big part of my life, the first thing I do in the morning, or if I can only do one thing in the day, it's a what I call my, my inspirational time, where I meditate, I read uh, from the Bible and other scriptural areas, and I meditate and pray. And that's why it takes about maybe an hour every day. Mm-hmm. And I have one of the mantras I have is that I am calm, I am capable, I am confident and committed. So when I think about situations I'll face during the day, sometimes you have to slow yourself down and become calm. And you think about what you're facing and you know, I know that I am capable. Mm-hmm. Because of all the experiences that I had, I am confident. And if I really believe in something, I'm committed. And so when I look at those things, with every, any situation I face, those four words come to mind. And I think about how I can work through a situation. What I also like to do is, I, my wife and I have always taken a day or a time uh, for us to be together. So for the last 25 years, we've gone to breakfast every Saturday, except for there may be some exception, but we, we do that. What we've started to do now is we pick a day, one day a month, to go visit a place in California that we have never been. So uh, we just take the time off and just do that. The uh, don't leave the cell phones behind, but leave everything else behind. And uh, I I don't. I I used to be able to work nonstop, but I learned to stop and smell the roses. And so that's every Saturday morning and one at least one day a week, going somewhere else, leaving the house and getting out and just breathing. I love that. I love the fact that you have your morning um, mantra, as you put it, uh, that you do to help get you going for the day. But I especially like that Saturday morning routine and that monthly routine that you have. I think that's absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, Sometimes when I think about my husband and I, I wish we had had a routine like that. We had a lot of years together, and I'm grateful for that. But it would have been nice to have a routine that was special just for us uh, to do. So, see, we had to do that because I was so I was busier then than I am now. uh Because I would get up in the morning, I'd work out, go to work, I'd coach the kids in soccer. I was on that credit union board. I was the director and president of a church choir, so I was doing a little bit of and and playing golf with the boss because where I worked before golf was a condition of employment. So we just said, if we, I, we said about if we don't make time, we won't have time and then we won't know each other. Yeah. So that's what we decided to do that because we were kind of sniffing. You got three kids and there's, uh, you, you needed that 
third hand and you because somebody's got one other and then there's that third one you got to catch up with so, <laughs> like, it was just it was crazy so we said we have got to do something because um we've just got to take time and the only the only time we had was saturday morning because everything else was taken so we said we're gonna grab this <laughs> well, you have a beautiful wife and she has a beautiful soul and spirit. And I know this for a fact because when my husband was going through his cancer, she made that beautiful door for him. Mm -hmm. And I still have that. Um, it was just so nice and so pleasant. I'd never seen anybody do something like that. Uh, take a door and create it. She created this beautiful outdoor scenery so it looked like you were looking through a window and it's just beautiful. I know I've, I've told her thank you before, but please let her know how appreciative I was of her uh, providing that for him as, as a comfort and a relaxation for him to give him something to take his mind for a little while anyway off of what he was going through. So. Right. Very lovely wife. Well, thank you, and I'll let her know that. <laughs> okay. So getting back to what you do, do you do this as a one-on-one? -on -one? Do you do group sessions? Do you do workshops? How do you do your program? Well, actually, it's all of the above. I started out one-on-one, -on -one and I, I initially worked with uh, Office Poppies because I was just reading in the paper today that the work the burnout rate for jobs uh, in the Sacramento is fourth in the country wow. with the job and stress related uh, work. And uh, I, when I worked, I definitely saw a lot of that, uh, almost became the victim of it till I uh, learned through trial and error, then started to study the, the, the situation. But the idea is to make work a more pleasant environment. So I, initially I was working with individuals to help them navigate the waters. Then I started working with groups because I think why just help one person navigate um, sometimes toxic political waters? Why not purify the water by working with the leadership and the leadership team? Because if you do that, because everything starts at the top and filters down. So if by working with the entire team, we could give them the communication skills and the, um, the way of dealing with people that makes it a more pleasant environment. I've written one book, it's called Office Politics, The Right Way, The Seven Principles for Creating Win-Win Relationships in the Workplace, and just have the idea for a second book. And that is, how do you want to leave, leave them, colon, the things we do and the things we say. So at the end of every conversation, how do you want to leave people? You want to leave them happy, frustrated, sad, encouraged. And the things you do and the things you say can determine how you leave them. So how do you want to leave them? As an individual, as a group, how do you want to leave them? So be intentional about your communication and your actions. So that's my next book. You've got the exclusive first look at the idea. Uh, you, when you get that book completed we definitely want you to come on the show with it we'll have you on here again before then but definitely when you get that book completed right. so <laughs> and before we forget i shared it with the people your website and your phone number a way for them to contact you if they want to know more about what you do or perhaps even have an opportunity to work with you okay 
Well, my first uh, business is Pro Destiny Coaching. And that uh, website is prodestinycoaching.com. My uh, email address is info at prodestiny.com. And um, let's see, I've got an, a, Twitter, a Twitter account too, which is uh, at edwardljones.com. Not .com, but just Edward L. Jones. So that is my coaching business, Protest Coaching. I decided to expand my brand with Edward L. Jones. And that's, that, that includes Pro Destiny. That includes public speaking, being an author, and an educator. And with what I have premium packages for um, coaching teams. I have a, a transformation package, which hopefully will change the culture in six months because problems don't start overnight, they're not solved overnight. It takes time to change habits. So the transformation program, I work with the team to make that transformation. I've got a breakthrough package also, which is only three months. That way I give you the tools and let you try to work through your own situation. From an educational standpoint, I do provide workshops because many people are not familiar with coaching or the long-term process for changing behavior. So the workshop gives you an overview of what I, what I can, can do for people. And I still have individual coaching for those who say, well, the team's not ready to work, but I want to. I do provide an individual package for those people. Mm. Uh, and again, I said I've written my book, uh, which will be out. We'll have a book signing on August 17th at Workflow Lounge. Mm. I'm signing my, that, that first book, Office politics the right way. So I invite people to come out to Workflow Lounge at 9912 Business Park Drive. It's, it, it has a Sacramento address, but it's actually in Rancho Cordova off of Bradshaw. I'd like to see a lot of people out there. My phone number <laughs> is 916-572-2373. Love to hear from you. I'm sure you'll have a very good turnout because I know for a fact that you are very well liked and you do have some wonderful uh, words of wisdom. I've heard you speak before and you're just, you say so much with je in just a few words, but it's so powerful what you put out there. So uh, all of you, I encourage you to make sure when this book come out that you go there be a part of what's going on because you will learn so much from this man. I know for a fact. Uh, listen, Ed, I, when I wrote my book, one of the things that happened for me, and I'm curious if that's happened for you as well, uh, all of a sudden, I started uh, having people ask me to speak at places. I can remember going to a number of networking groups and talking about what I wanted to do and about the fact that I was a motivational speaker, but it wasn't until the book came out that people started asking me to speak. Have you experienced that same thing? Well, I haven't. The book is not out yet, actually. It won't be uh, out until uh, the 17th, August 17th. But one thing I will say, I posted uh, that it was coming on LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, I may get... Uh, 200, maybe 300 likes and shares. All right. For, for that book announcement, I got over 1,600. Wow. 
so it was, it was just it was amazing. Uh, and I and initially I didn't I didn't want to write the book. A branding coach suggested that I do it, and I'm so glad I followed that advice. But I have been able to do a couple of workshops for people, and um, there's a book called the Hawk Institute uh, have asked me to maybe work with some of their leadership team. So I've got those two things coming up. But I'm a member of Toastmasters, as are you. And so I get a lot of practice speaking. And so I'm ready to hit the ground running and uh, very excited about the opportunity to share thoughts and my thoughts and hear other people's thoughts. Uh, yes, and he's very good. He's a very good speaker. Uh, so you definitely want to hear uh, Ed when he's out there doing his talk. As I said before, Ed doesn't use a lot of long words. He doesn't try to impress you by coming up with all these uh, ideas. But what he shares with you, he says it in a succinct manner, and it's just so powerful what he does. And I am very impressed with you, Ed. And I love it every time you have the opportunity to stand up before the group and share your talk. I don't ever want to miss one of your thoughts if possible because that's how good you are, you know? And so I want to encourage you to do even more speaking uh, engagements around uh, the Sacramento and any place else that you get a call to. Um, well, Ed, I, I've enjoyed having you be a part of the show this evening. Is there anything that you would like to uh, share, perhaps there's something I didn't ask you that you want the audience to know. We've got a few minutes left before we have to call it quits. And oh boy, I hate to do that. <laughs> it seems like just when it's getting going good, the time runs out on us. But uh, is there something else that you'd like to share? Um, I may have missed the question that you were hoping I'd ask. <laughs> well, the biggest thing that I look at, and I have a uh... A, higher, a master's in higher education and an MBA. And I don't know if you're familiar with right and left brain thinking, but uh, with left brain, it's more analytical and, and by the book. Uh, right brain is more from the heart. After my illness, I had the epiphany. I still have the ideas of the left brain analytical, but I learned to speak more from the heart because of the way people open up their hearts to me. So I have both things where I work with goals, plans, et cetera, et cetera. But what you hear when I speak is what comes from the heart. So you make those ideas come to life because you feel what the people feel and you understand that it's not the business that comes first as important as it is. What's most important is people. And back to that second book, how I want to leave them. I want to leave them feel inspired. I want to leave them feeling loved. I want to make them feel like they can move forward and help other people. That's how I want to leave them. Well, I have no doubts that you will succeed in what it is that you want to do. And uh, just want to, again, thank you for being a part of our program this, uh, today. And it means so much to me that you were willing to come on the show. And I'm looking forward for your next uh, opportunity to be on the show and especially for that book because as I say you have wonderful insight into things you're very good at that and 
I know this has nothing to do with the program or what you were talking about, but it crossed my mind of the story you told about one time about who was the boss. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, about the uh, the uh, yes, leave our audience with this with that that story. Give them something to feel really about. <laughs> it was just a hilarious. So please share that with them. Okay, uh, this is the one about the the couple. Uh huh. Okay, that's the one you want to hear about. Yes. Uh huh. Well, um, this is a part of. At one point in time, I was working with what I call modern masculinity. And because uh, there are a lot of issues with, with relationships. But this is a story about a couple who just got married. They'd fallen in love, everything was wonderful, great wedding, and they were in the honeymoon suite. And the husband said, honey, I forgot to tell you one thing. I wanna let you know that I'm in charge of this family. I make the decisions. If I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. And I want you to take these pants Try to put them on. You see, they don't fit you. They're too big for you. I make the decision. She said, I've never seen them like this before. But anyway, so she went into her suitcase and got a pair of her underwear out. She says, honey, put these on. He said, honey, you know I can't get in your pants. She said, and that's the way it's going to be until you change your darn attitude. <laughs> I love that. Every time I, I hear <laughs> He changed his attitude and went from patriarchy to partnership. That's the moral of the story. Oh, wow. That, that's great. Every time I hear it, it just seems to get to me. And you're absolutely right. We have to have a partnership right. <laughs> if we're going to make things work. Well, again, I, <laughs> I want to thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate hearing about you and and also about uh, your inner, uh, right. inner thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm enjoying the, the joke so much i'm getting tongue tied here <laughs> but uh, very quickly uh, give your website again and your phone number and we will have that posted in case somebody uh didn't quite catch it <laughs> okay oh, again the website I have two websites one is edward ljones.com. So it's www.edwardljones.com. Don't forget the L. And you can actually find ProDestiny Coaching, which is a link to the ProDestiny website. But the other website is uh, prodestinycoaching.com. The phone number is 916-572-2373. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, Ed. And uh, we look forward to the success that you are going to have with your programs. And uh, we're just really thrilled for you, really thrilled for you. And uh, I both just want to let you know that my website is www.couragetoliveyourdream.com. And it is under construction right now. So as soon as it is up and running, I'll make sure that you're aware of it. But I do want you to be uh, aware that there is one coming and that is the name of it. Well, bye, Ed. Thank you for being a part of the show and uh, all of you for being a part of this show today. We are so grateful to have you be here and we're looking forward to hearing you or seeing you or whatever it is that you want to do next week. 
Well, we're back on the air. Remember, this is Courage to Live Your Dream, and we're excited for you because we know you have some courage in there that you're maybe hiding from, but uh, we're going to bring it out. So we'll see you all. Until next time, take care, and we love you. So we're off the air?